1: Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Alicia Welland with Alicia Welland Coaching. Welcome.
0: Hi, thank you. So happy to be here.
1: Well, I'm I'm excited to learn about your practice. Tell us how you're serving folks.
0: So I um, do a little bit of coaching, a little bit of consulting, so it's a nice mix of both. Um, I work predominantly with executives, entrepreneurs, and small businesses. Um, And really the common denominator for any of them is just whoever's going through a period of transition, whether that's growth in the business, entering or exiting um, C-suite, just various transitions in life and business. And I show up to support them however they need me to be.
1: So what's your backstory? Were you always a coach or is this kind of a new adventure for you?
0: It's somewhat of a new adventure. Um, I do have a 21-year finance career under my belt. I've um, always really enjoyed that. have nothing bad to say about it. It's a really great experience. Um, you know, through all of the firms that I've worked with over those 21 years, I always participated in a mentoring program, um, you know, whether that be a mentor or a mentee. And I always found a lot of purpose in those relationships. And I started getting really great feedback from some of the people that I worked with, you know, kind of asking, hey, why don't you do this for a living? You know, you should get paid for this. You're so good at it. And I heard it enough that I decided, you know, maybe I should pay attention to that a little bit more and, and dive into it. So, you know, I thought I'll never regret learning something new. So I decided to look into a coaching certification program. You know, there's a lot of people out there that call themselves coaches and it was important for me if I went this route to be credentialed. And so I looked into some programs. I took one one step forward and the universe took 10. And before I knew it, I was certified and um, receiving referrals. And that's sort of how it came to be.
1: Now, um, when you were in your kind of corporate world and they were using terms like uh, mentor, mentee, is that was that kind of where coaching was in their kind of language and their kind of the way they were going to to market in terms of how they're serving their people uh, that this was only for a handful of people it wasn't maybe not throughout the entire organization and are you seeing that change a little bit
0: yeah so in my experience it really was something that was made available to everybody regardless of what um, position you held at the firms so anybody could you know, pair up with a mentor and a mentee and and go for, you know, a year period or six month period of, you know, various growth places. And so it was the programs within the firms was very much that, although, you know, our executives within the firms were made available to, you know, executive coaches outside of the firm. And so there was a little bit of both. Um, I think that what I am seeing now is just really a lot of different companies embracing that coach mentality and wanting someone either actually on staff that they're sort of ready, readily available for anyone who's interested in it, or they're going to third parties such as myself, hiring in and having you spend a certain amount of time with a certain number of people or a certain group of people um, during a peak transition or a certain project or, you know, as they're ready to execute something. And so it, there's there's definitely a, a new temperature out there of people sort of embracing the coaching aspect of the business and and kind of farming that out, or like I said, in some cases, actually hiring people in for those jobs.
1: Now, if you were to advise an enterprise level organization uh, that was wanting to implement some sort of a coaching program, what would be some of the do's and don'ts?
0: That's a great question. Um, I would say, you know, interview many coaches. I think, you know, like I had touched on earlier, a lot of people call themselves coach. And so really, you know, being clear and intentional about what you want for your firm or your company in the way of coaching and sort of what purpose you're, you're looking to fill there. um, You know, interview a lot of different ones, see where the chemistry is, see sort of who fits which bill for you, and really, you know, make it accessible. I think in the past, it's always been sort of a privilege, right? If you're in the C-suite and you're an executive, you can have access to something like a business coach. Um, But it's really a genuine and very rich resource for anybody in the firm. You know, i found a lot of purpose in mentoring and coaching people that are, you know, new into the workforce or as they're transitioning into managing people for the first time. And so really making that available to everyone, regardless of what their title is, I think is really something um, to offer if you're going to have a program like that. I think, you know, one of the don'ts is to only hire one coach and sort of force that person to fit into every mold for every person. Um, you know, lots of coaches bring different things to the table. So you might have a coach that works really great with executives or really great with middle managers or, you know, with different projects and things. And so you've got to look for that, that sweet spot for yourself. So really, I think the biggest thing to be mindful of is, is who you're bringing in and for what purpose. And it doesn't have to be a one size fits all.
1: Now, in your journey uh, from being kind of a corporate person to being an entrepreneur, was that a difficult transition to go from maybe a larger enterprise that had a lot of resources and a lot of um, kind of an ecosystem around it to now, hey, this is Alicia's uh, kind of thing, and then she's got to wear a lot of hats.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I've held a lot of different capacities and titles throughout my career in the corporate world. Um, You know, I've got an undergrad in marketing. I have a master's in finance. And then as far as my credentials inside firms, you know, various things, sales, marketing, compliance, operations, management. So, you know, it's kind of those pillars of business, right, that that I've gotten through education and job experience that has really, you know, supported me in the entrepreneur space. And so I won't tell you that it wasn't a scary transition. It certainly is, you know, when you're kind of going out on your own and, um Looking to do something like this, and to your point, letting go of the safety net, it can be a little scary. Um, but that's really what drove me. It, there's a passion there, there's an excitement there. I was very motivated to see what I could do, and you know where I could take this this coaching business. And so, it was a little bit of a transition, but I did have some confidence from you know my past experiences, my network of people, the exposure that I had within the corporate world, along with my credentials and education.
1: So any advice for other people maybe that are thinking about leaving a corporate setting and going their own and doing their own thing? Is there any uh, advice you would give to that person, um, you know, to make a smoother transition?
0: Well, um, face your fear, right? Get rid of that imposter syndrome and, and just do it, right? You've got to try it in order to know. So first and foremost, just do the thing. If you're hearing a nagging in your life and you're chasing a sort of fulfillment that you think you're ready for it, you know, listen, it's, it's, if it's not scary, it's probably not worth it. So I say power through that, face your imposter syndrome and go for it. And the other piece, you know, which is kind of a nice platform to speak about is hire a coach. You know, there's lots of people out there that have done it before you. Um, There's a lot of people that can get excited with you and for you and help support you. Um, You know, people that have done it, people that have coached people to do it. Um, So look for some resources and support there. So number one, take the step and number two, you know, look for some support and resources in the way of a coach or a mentor or a mentee or, you know, another business that can support you.
1: Now having uh, kind of worked on both sides of this uh, kind of world Any uh thing that you would like to share for someone who has never had a coach before, maybe something that they that happens when you're working with a coach that this person may not think or may not be aware of that is part of what you kind of experience when you're working with a coach?
0: Yeah, that's a great question too. Um, you know, if you're gonna enter into a coaching relationship you know, be open to explore, right? The coach's job is really to create a container for exploration and discovery. Um, I don't recommend a rigid agenda of any kind, which is funny for me to say because I'm very much a uh, type A person and I love structure and organization. But as far as coaching goes, you know, you're you're doing something that you can't quite account for. If you're looking to level up and become, you know, the next best version of yourself and really transform you can't account for what's going to happen. You can't, you know, gauge every step of the way and, and, you know, taking steps one through 50 to get there. There's a little bit of that, but there's also a lot of magic and wonder that happens if you allow space to receive coaching and really see a different perspective that you never thought was there or you never realized was there. And so it's really up to the coach to tease that out and facilitate that transformation. Um, A lot of times it's tapping into something that has always been there, but it's deep down and you've got your saboteur kind of in the way telling you, you know, you're not good enough to do it. You're not credentialed enough. You're maybe too old, you know, whatever the limiting beliefs are, uh, but sort of shining that light on those blind spots and, you know, finding your leader within to get rid of those limiting beliefs is super important. Um, but it's really affording the magic and wonder of coaching. It's really affording that space of exploration and discovery so that you can tap into something that, you know, is either lying dormant or you just never knew was there and and you bring it to the surface for the first time.
1: Now um, you use phrases like uh, imposter syndrome, um, saboteur. uh, And if a person isn't self-aware enough to uh, see those things in play. Are there symptoms or are there some things happening that maybe you can say, well, you may not call it a saboteur, but if you're doing A, B, and C, that might be construed as sabotaging. Uh, Or if you're saying you don't have imposter syndrome, but if you're doing A, B, and C, that might be what imposter syndrome looks like to the outside person. So are there things that you can share that maybe are happening in a person's life that might kind of open their eyes that, hey, maybe these things are happening to me and I'm just not aware or I'm not at a place yet where I'm vulnerable enough to make myself aware that uh, these things are happening?
0: Yeah, you bet. You know, um, being fearful is one, Um, you know, negative self-talk, keeping yourself safe, playing small, playing safe, um, you know, not getting over hurdles that you really want to, you know, having your eye on a prize, but not quite getting there. Um, Repeating patterns where uh, I keep going through the same pattern all the time, whether it's in a relationship or a job or, you know, whatever the case may be, but you see a repeating pattern that you keep going through the same things over and over. You're, you're kind of in that, that vicious cycle of imposter syndrome. And so, you know, if you want to take the step forward, but you just don't, that's a clear indication that there's a saboteur in there somewhere. Um, it can also resonate very much as perfectionism. You know, you you go halfway and then it's not exactly what you want it to be or it's not as perfect as you want it to be. So you sort of abandon it um, or you pivot to something else. And so it's really about the coach helping you find the value and the resonance and then standing up to those limiting beliefs that saboteur Um, but it can look like all of the things that I mentioned and, you know, quite frankly, I'm going to make a general blanket statement here. In my tenure, I have yet to meet anyone who doesn't suffer from some type of limiting belief. Um, I think we all have it. I think it's all, you know, there somewhere and can kind of manifest and present different for everybody. But, um, a real flag for me as a coach is if someone says, oh yeah, I'm not subject to that, that doesn't apply. I want to, you know, get curious and ask some questions and, and really dig into that because I think we've all got it in some way, shape or form.
1: So now in a person's journey in life, how much of the time should be just spent, you know, trying to get to a new level? Like how much time should you be investing in yourself, bettering yourself? Is this something that is, uh, that's just, that's the definition of life. That's what you should be doing as a human being or is there times when you should be pausing, reflecting, being grateful, appreciative, um, and staying in that state for a while?
0: Well, I, you know, the word "should" is operative there, Lee. I think, um, you know, anything done out of obligation is probably not going to be valuable and resonant, and you're not going to get to the end point that you want. And so, you know, there's not really a tried and true. Everyone should spend X amount of time or X amount of hours or months working on themselves it's really about you know what do you as an individual want to do but also who do you want to be in this life you know how do you want to contribute to your life and others and you know giving back in various ways and and that's the beauty in coaching for me is that no two clients are the same so that looks and feels different for everybody it's a very unique path a very unique experience and so you know, it depends on who you are and what you want to do and, you know, how you want to accelerate forward. And so there's not, you know, a secret sauce that, that magically works for everybody. Um, I do think that every person has something inside them where they want to do better, know better, be better. Um, And, you know, that's kind of the seasons of life, right? You get to different graduation days throughout your life. And, you're chasing something and so you know we naturally mature but you know you kind of get to a place where you look around and think oh my gosh how did i get here what am i doing do i want to do this and you know you kind of take inventory of who you are what you're doing and what you want to do next and so it's it's really kind of getting to that point in various times in our life where we just look around and think is this what i want to do is this who i want to be and and that's sort of where the next growth phase starts
1: and that's really one of the benefits of working with a coach is to kind of probe those, those kind of areas.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Now, one of the reasons we do this show is to help coaches learn from each other. Can you share with our listeners how you got your last client?
0: Um. Well, I'm in a unique spot. Um, you know, I don't do a ton of marketing. I do a little bit, but I would say 90% of my clients come through referral, which is, you know, a really beautiful compliment from my clients. You know, if they're sending me people or I have a repeat client that, you know, it's validation for me that what I'm doing is meaningful. Uh, The reason I'm coaching is really to coach for the greater good and to really give back. That's really, you know, the whole point of me doing this. It's very fulfilling to me. And so, you know, the very last client I got was very simply a text message. Um, It was pretty informal and it was, you know, Hey, one of your classmates from your coaching program, you really stood out to them and and I'm looking for a coach and um, they recommended you. So how can we get started? How can we connect? And so it's really predominantly referrals um, that come my way and, and to answer your question specifically about my most recent, it was, it was very much that through a referral.
1: Now, are you doing anything that um, helps the referrals come or are you just doing good work and then they just happen organically?
0: You know, for me, it's this it started out as a side hustle, right? So I'm, I myself am very much in a growth phase, um, and so I only work with a certain number of clients um, for a certain period of time throughout the year. I care a lot about quality over quantity, and so you know, it's for right now. It's doing you know the best work that I can. Like I said, giving back and and helping people and sort of watching them blossom in, in their own graduation days, and so. We'll see where it goes from here. But for now, it's really just doing, you know, the work that I know that I'm good at and having that come back to me in the way of, of new clients or, like I said, repeat clients. Um, so that's kind of how it is for now.
1: Well, if somebody wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you, what is the website?
0: So my website is uh, very simply aliciawellen.com. Um, I also do have an Instagram page, Coaching, as well.
1: And that's dot com. You got it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been really nice. I, I really appreciate being on.
1: All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio.